Welcome back to the Dave Gold Evolve podcast, where industry leaders in the spiritual dating and business world help you truly evolve your life. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Dave Gold Evolve podcast. On this episode, we've got a guide, we've got a shaman. He's coming from down under from Australia, and he's right now in the Ukraine. He has coached hundreds, if not thousands of men and gone through an epic journey in his life. And it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. So thank you so much for jumping on, Shay. Thank you for having me here today. And what's up, gentlemen? Um, Looking forward to what we're going to get into here. I have no idea what's next, but let's just play and see what happens. Yeah, Shay is a, a podcast master, Shay Matthews. And um, I'm going to start it off with a little quote from Picasso. He said, everything you can imagine is real. So you talk about how life is art and we're all artists. What kind of painting are you trying to paint in your reality? It's a great question, man. Uh, I mean, metaphorically, then uh, I guess I'm probably doing some kind of like cool, visionary, modern style, transformative work. I I, uh, I think that you know, for me anyway, like the the life is the canvas by using art as an operative metaphor, mostly because mm-hmm. art, in its basic sense, is an excuse to open up Pandora's box of reality in a much broader context. Um, so I'm not sure if that makes some sense, but, but basically, you know, the, the kind of work that I'm trying to do is, is synthesizing. I'm looking at bringing things together, making sense of things. And really, I love to be a, a voice of the creator, inspiring people to learn to be creators, understanding what does it mean to be a creator and, uh, you know, putting that front of mind, if that makes sense. So it's really all about, you know, life as an artistic medium, which I think is a great, it's a great way to look at things. Beautiful. So let's continue on that point. How do Mm -hmm. you become a creator in your own consciousness without acting as the victim of your life? Well, I think it just comes down to a choice to recognizing that you even have a choice. So first things first, you know, we, we only know what we know. So we have to start somewhere. And one of the things that I like to teach guys when, uh, you know, I'm talking about these kinds of subjects is, is it's it's easy to break the world into two primary models and uh, it's not like that's all that there is because the world is much more than black and whites but you could think about as if you have you know the mind of emergence and transformation the mind of like the the creative mind which is actually based in the present moment and it's much more emergent it's much more spontaneous it's much more connected to to what is and then you have the mind of the reactor the mind of the contrasting past, the conditioned mind. Now, truth is we need both of them. And uh, it's very interesting to physiologically understand that as well, because when you really get into the nature of how consciousness works or how the mind works, uh, we have evolved both a, let's say, a predictive and conditioned mind, as well as a spontaneous and transformative mind uh, over you know, the millennia of, of our, our evolution. So we kind of need how, to know how to bridge both of those worlds together. But in a nutshell, to answer your question, 
as I said at the start there, it's a choice. So you have to start stepping into the choice of what does it mean to be a creator? And I think the first things first is that, you know, that you can, you can say yes to what does it mean to be a creator? You can say yes to stepping into the potentials of what a creator is and then start to look for that, start to seek evidence, start to find models, start to, you know, find ways to do that. Uh, I know for myself, like speaking from my own experience, that the path of creation started with being fed up with being a victim, not wanting to be a victim. And uh, I, the only choice I had was to be resourceful, to do something different that wasn't being a victim. Uh, I also think that that the the uh, the temperament of an individual is a very important thing as well. So different people have different kinds of personality types. Some people are more naturally creative. Some people are more naturally kind of more integrative. And I think that sort of depends on, you know, their conditions and their families and probably their biology to a degree. Um, but nonetheless, everybody has the opportunity to start to use creative models, creative opportunities, creative uh, tools to, to become you know, more expressed in their lives. And to also like to put this into more focus too, because I don't just want to waffle on about a whole bunch of words. It's about getting on with your life and getting into control of your life. And that's not an easy thing uh, in today's society because I think we live in a world that's very scattered. We live, and when I say a world, I mean, we live in a culture is probably a better way to say that that's very scattered. And uh, we live in a world that, that is composed of story wars. So it's kind of like, it's, it's the best story, the most interesting story, the most compelling story, the most powerful story that has the biggest sway. Uh, now, one thing to recognize is as an individual, uh, it's kind of your job to learn about which story you want to invest in because just because somebody's telling you a story or just because there is a popular story doesn't mean that you have to believe it. So an example is like, you know, when I first started school, I didn't like school. I didn't want to be there. It felt constricting. It felt painful. It felt like I was being like kind of put into a box that I didn't want to be in. And I also felt like I was being like forced to be part of like a culture and a hierarchy and a system of things that I didn't really enjoy and I didn't want to be there. Now, some of the things that I experienced, which everybody experiences to a degree, I'm sure, is I felt like I was a, I was a bit of an outsider sometimes. I felt like I had to fight for my place in that world. I had to climb that hierarchy. I had to deal with people that wanted to push me down, so bullies and people that were giving me a hard time because you know I was different for whatever reason because everybody's got their differences. Now, one thing that I know inside of myself is I made a choice at a very young age is that I was going to believe in myself. I was going to believe in the power of my heart. I was going to believe in the power of my will. I was going to believe in the power of my ability to be able to create a life on my own terms. Uh, and at those times, I mean, I'm talking five or six years old, I didn't have any of these fancy words. I didn't have any of this life experience because, you know, I'm an old man now. I'm 41 years old. So I've got a fair bit of water under the bridge. I've still got a lot of life to live. But the point is that I knew at a young age that it was really about me deciding that life is going to react to me much more than, than me reacting to it if I can start to believe in myself and I can start to, to have... Um, basically a choice yet again it comes back to that word choice like believing in, in yourself and, and making the choice to believe in yourself and then making that the reality that you're actually living so let's talk more about this and you use the term choice points a lot mm -hmm. in your work mm -hmm. now you're saying that you needed to make a decision mm -hmm. and you needed to make a choice mm -hmm. are you going to go left or right 
Which way are you going to go? How are you going to respond? How are you going to act? What are you going to do? What exactly, what exactly is a choice point and how do you take control of them in your life? Well, once again, it's about, it's about taking on some kind of sense of a model of the world. And it's tricky because like really what we're talking about here is like, what are we even basing reality on? Like what is reality? And all I can say is that I have uh, uh, an experience that's taking place and that experience is moving through my, my uh, yet again, my experience of time, my experience of, of space. And I need to kind of start to create like a story around that. Now, it's something that I, that I talk a lot about in my work as well as the idea of you need to become like a meta programmer. So what does that mean? Well, it means you need to be somebody who can understand understanding, you know, start to look at what you're looking at and start to have a more constructive view of what's going on. So if you look at it in terms of like being a meta programmer as somebody that's able to look at their life with some more um, holistic mindset, let's say, like a mindset that's kind of looking at it through the eyes of understanding and then making some, let's say, some choices that are going to be based on like the best choice. And once again, it's hard. Like, how do you decide what's the best choice and how do you decide like what's really like worth doing um, in your life? Now, that's something that's somewhat subjective and it's going to be like up to the individual to to make sense of that. But that's where choice points come in. So I like to look at it as if it's a metaphor, but imagine like life is like a video game and you've been given everything that you need to begin to play. So you have an avatar, which is obviously your body, your mind, you know, your ability to be able to have choices in your own thoughts, your own decisions, you know, are you going to, you know, uh, are you going to get up at this time? Are you going to do this? What food are you going to eat? Like what kinds of books are you going to read or not read? What kinds of things are you going to do with your time? You know, how are you going to live your life based on the impulses and the reactions that you're getting in your life? So that's where choice points come in. So a choice point is really like a crossroad that happens in your life and you need to kind of deal with it. Like you need to do something about that. Now, the interesting thing about choice points is that they're happening to us all the time. You know, I mean, I can make a choice point about, am I going to drink, you know, something with sugar? Or am I going to drink something without sugar? Am I going to, you know, go for a walk or am I going to stay inside? Am I going to read this book or am I going to watch this video? Or am I going to have this, this girl? Have, have you had a choice point that's come up for you in the last few uh, weeks or months? as this coronavirus pandemic has played out? Well, like I said, man, choice points are constant. There's, there's, never a, there's never a day that doesn't have choice points. Now, I think the thing to keep in mind is where are we going? What are you doing? Like, what is the point of all this business that's going on? What I find, like, it's quite fascinating, actually, is that we live in a world, in my view anyway, that is becoming increasingly hyper-real. Now, what that means is we're stepping into a world that is becoming like more and more of a simulation. Now, that's always been the case in some sense, because as soon as we learn how to think and as soon as we learn how to talk outside of the realm of our typical kind of like animal behaviors of just like, you know, foraging for food and having our basic social structures, as soon as we started to have higher levels of abstraction in our thinking, we started to create like a simulation of reality. So human beings have actually been like practicing and been living in their own kind of little simulated world of their subjective realities for a long time. What's really trippy about living in 2021 is that we live in a time where, you know, politics, corporations, you know, like even just popular media influences uh, and all these social media platforms, 
they're all becoming like amplifications of this hyper reality that we're all part of. So what that means in, in, in like more practical terms is that, you know, we are constantly like confronted with different versions of reality. Like if I walk out on the street right now, you know, I'm going to see, I mean, I can even see it from my window. There's like, there's brands that are being pushed into my mind, you know, and there's different, there's different agendas that are getting given to me from different angles. Now, once upon a time, you know, the agenda of a human being was to survive in a, in a difficult environment, you know, to go out and to forage food, to make friends with certain, you know, tribal members and to like kind of fit into the hierarchy of how that world works. Now we live in this world where it's very complicated and there's a lot of layers and we're basically forced to constantly, constantly adapt to the environment around us. So these choice points are basically like happening all the time. We're being flooded with choice points. And it's something that I think you know about. And it's something that I think a lot of guys are aware of is if you want to start to become more strategic, which is something that I often talk about, like becoming a more strategist, like a strategist in your life and becoming more of what I call an operator, because I like to look at this language thing. You know, it's like about what language are you going to use? That's going to give you a better position because something that I want to say quickly is that like, we don't really know what the truth is, you know, because the truth can mean a lot of different things. And there's like the truth with a capital T, which is, you know, the objective reality that we supposedly believe in because science has proved it and because we experience it through our senses. And then there's the truth with this, with the little T, which is like our subjective truth as we're kind of moving through the world and making sense of it. Now, the point that I'm bringing that up for is because there, there, there is no like perfect truth. There is no truth that we can say is the ultimate truth. And my truth is better than your truth because, you know, I've discovered the truth it, if, as an individual, the way I tend to look at it, and this is where I come with my coaching is I like to say that there are effective positions. So it's like you, you, you take on perceptual positions that are more effective for you as an individual to be able to do the thing you need to do. So let's talk in practical terms. Like if you want to be a guy who goes out and starts to feel like he's more of a connector, if he wants to be more confident and being able to talk to girls, if he wants to feel more powerful and being able to go out into the world and be somebody that really believes in himself, then it's better to have perceptual positions, AKA assumptions, beliefs that start to reinforce that more and more and more. So for example, when I look at girls, I don't think, Oh, what am I going to say? And like, Oh, she's going to think I'm weird. And oh, that other person's going to like, look at me and think that I'm doing something sleazy. I don't think any of that. I just think, Oh, there's a cute girl. I feel the desire and I'm going to follow that desire. And I'm going to let what comes out naturally be the next thing. Now that's easy to say for me, because I've been doing this sort of stuff for a long time, but it's the same basic notion for guys out there. It's like, if you believe that you have what it takes, if you believe that it's going to be okay, if you believe that you are able to sustain or to produce what it is that you really want from your desire, then you start taking on an effective perceptual position. Now there's, and I won't go on and on, I'll just quickly say this last little bit is that, you know, there's a ton of these kinds of frameworks that are out there these days. And you guys watching, I mean, I'm sure I'm assuming anyway, that there's going to be a range of people watching and probably younger guys watching you're so fucking lucky. I have to say that to you. You are so fucking lucky because you have access to so much great information, so many great models. The problem that you face is which, which of these great models will you start to pick up and how do you make sense of that? And that's, that comes back to choice points and it comes back to you know decisions, which comes back to your original question, which is like, who do you really want to be in all this mess? You know, who do you really want to be in this crazy world that's saying, do this, do that, be this, don't be that. Like, you know, and, and in my mind, 
it's about coming back to some fundamentals of yet again, effective perceptual positions. And who do you need to be as an operator that starts to make sense of that? Now, something that I'm in love with as an idea is the idea of becoming the complete package individual, the complete package of a man. Now, in my mind, being a complete package is really about understanding that you can, through your own will and through your own ability of using your intelligence, through stepping into the world, through having experience, reflecting on experiences, you know, developing your sense of like confidence, developing your sense of wisdom through time, you can start to become somebody that is really like a center. You become the center of your bubble of reality. You become somebody that has like an actual sphere of influence. You can actually help the world. You can change the world. You can order the world. And even if that just means today you clean your fucking bedroom, that's still the beginnings of something. And then you start stepping out into the world and you start developing influence with yourself. And then maybe you can start to spread that to your friends. And then maybe you start becoming somebody who has something of value, something of substance, something of like depth meaning to bring to the world. Now, in my mind, that's important because personally, anyway, I don't want to live, I don't want to live in a world that's just a bunch of bullshit marketing. I don't want to live in a world that's a bunch of fake people pretending to be something that they're not. I personally really love substance. I really love being around people with substance. I really love representing something of substance. So that's where my mind goes. That's part of where my choice points are leading me. So I'm constantly asking myself questions of like, what is bringing me closer to being more of what I choose to really be? What is bringing me closer to really living the truth of what I am? And that obviously fits into things like understanding your values, understanding some basic personal development frameworks. And I'm sure I mean, many guys out there have probably heard, you can either be the center of your life and you can start to choose to be somebody that is creating their life, or you can be the reactor to life and you can choose to be somebody that's basically just getting hit with circumstances and reacting to circumstances. Now I'll put my hand up and I'll say, I'm not perfect at this shit either, guys. I'm not some guru who's sitting here saying like, I've got all the answers and I know everything. That is not the point to what I'm saying. I'm just a man, just like you. I'm facing the same big systems, the same overwhelming conditions, the same tragedies, the same sort of, uh, you know, fluctuations that everybody faces. And I'm just doing my best with what I've got. And I know the through, through my own experience, through my own kinds of like feedback, that there are more effective ways to do that than others. And I can tell you now, because, you know, I know what it's like to be a victim. I know what it feels like to be depressed. I know what it's like to face tragedies. So I can tell you that you can face that like a warrior and you can sort of say, okay, this is a set of conditions and I'm going to be stronger than the set of these conditions because I know that things are changing. I know that I'm going to be better over the long run. I know that I'm becoming something that I really wish to be. Or you can be somebody that complains. You can be somebody that's smaller than those problems. You can be somebody that says, oh, I can't and I'm not and it's not fair and the world isn't and it's all this problem, problem, problem kind of thinking. So yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but basically choice points are constant. There is never a moment where you're not being in choice. So that being the case, then it's about being conscious. Like, are you conscious of the choice points that are even happening? Because another quick thing I'll say before I flip it back to you is that like we, if we don't even claim our choice points, then we don't have a choice. Like if I'm not, if I'm not choosing to be somebody that has a choice, then I'm not going to have a choice. And we are living in a world and we do live in a world that increasingly likes to play the game of telling us what to do. Now, I'm not saying that people should go out and rebel or say no to things that are happening. I think it's about being strategic. It's about being smart. 
about, you know, how do you choose to live in this world in a way that creates a path of least resistance for you as an individual and for everybody else, because I'm a big believer in win-wins. And I'm a big believer that, and this is one of my core beliefs, is that if I can make the world better for others, I make the world better for myself because other people are in some sense me. We are connected. We're part of the same world. That's why I believe that it's really important to be somebody that brings good things to the world, that produces good stuff that is actually for the benefit of everybody concerned. Now, some people don't believe that. Some people believe it's all about money or it's all about being the king or it's all about having power. That's okay. And my experience of those kinds of people is they become a vacuum. They start to actually suffer consequences as a result of those kinds of belief systems. And, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not saying that being a self-sacrificing person that just gives all the time is the answer either, but it's about balance. You know, it's about finding that balance and then learning to really own those choice points and ultimately to become a wise chooser, you know, somebody that's really navigating the world, um, which, you know, I'm a big fan of that idea of navigation. You know, how do you navigate this shit? Because I mean, we're in a jungle, it's just a different looking jungle. Wow. So as I started to take ownership of my life and, and start to navigate and see different choices that I could make, you know, I stepped out of my home and my reality in America and started living in a different society and choosing to travel the world and meet different people and learn about personal development. But at certain points, there was a limit to the amount of consciousness and awake awakening in which I was willing to embrace and accept. And you talk about how we have this fundamental right to consciousness, but yet not everyone is at the point where they're able to dive deeper and maybe they never will be. There are some people who maybe, you know, tuned into this live and after a few minutes, they saw that, well, we weren't going to be talking about how you can get laid in the next 30 minutes or make your next 10K this month. Okay. We were going to be talking about some more spiritual uh, topics. And for them, they made the choice that, well, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole right now, or maybe no. never. But for the people that do go down that rabbit hole and that do dive deeper into their consciousness, Sometimes what happens is you have a greater sense of reality. You have a greater sense of what's going on in this matrix of a world that we live in. And the more that you desire to understand, the more that the layers start to get peeled back. But at times, what can happen is it can lead to us becoming disconnected, disconnected from reality or even just ungrounded. You know, something that you talked about just now was how you've got this deeper sense of understanding, but you don't look at yourself as a guru. You, you know, talk in very humble terms as just a normal guy who likes to spread his message and, and serve others. But there are people out there who do get to that place where they feel like they are quote unquote enlightened, all right? Or that they know better than others so why do you think that, that that is why do you think that people get to that place of of enlightenment of guru status and and how do they come down from being you know quote unquote ungrounded 
I'm not sure I asked that last bit as I'm not sorry. I'm not sure I understand that last bit. What do you mean by how do they come down from being ungrounded? What do you mean by that part? Well, what I mean is, you know, in the desire to understand reality, sometimes we become disconnected from reality. So how do you stay connected with the reality, you know, with your source without going off and, and, um, pretending to be something that you're not well once again i think that's about self-honesty you know i mean it's about how can you be honest with yourself and what is that i mean it's it self-honesty is a weapon people need to recognize that it's a fucking weapon and this is cool shit this is about being an actual warrior and realizing that lying to yourself and lying to others is just it's just weak it's weak it's not a warrior act it's much better to be strong for yourself and to and to start to look at like what am I bullshitting myself about? And also what is real and what is true? Because we also live in a world, especially these days, where it's really easy to find evidence for lots of things. I mean, I could talk about 50,000 different conspiracy theories right now and all the evidence that I found on YouTube and all the evidence that I found on the internet. I can, I can affirm my cognitive biases. But what keeps me honest is realizing that my nervous system is fallible. I think there's something like 48 cognitive biases that we have inside of our brains that can lead us in all kinds of different directions. Now, the truth of really recognizing that is, is that you will never know the truth. You know, you will only ever know what you know in the moment. You will only ever really know what your nervous system is telling you, which is part of what keeps you humble. It's part of what keeps you true to yourself, in my opinion. Now, being honest is also about finding multiple sources, multiple streams of like, what is it that you can really base your reality on that helps you to know what the truth is? And part of that might be you talk to some friends and maybe you take a little bit of that. Sometimes you feel your feelings and you register your own feelings. You might look at books, you might watch videos, you might talk to a teacher, you might be following some kind of path. So all of that is like parts of the puzzle that make sense of reality. Now, I I know for myself, that I'm constantly, constantly referencing as many points of reference as I can. So I'm always looking at like, what does this person have to say? What does this book have to say? What does this YouTube has to say? Even if sometimes I find something random and I'm like, I don't even know if this is like useful, but I'm still going to like let it into my reality a little bit so that I can start to have like another point of reference. Because the, I guess the way I look at it is the more points of reference you have, the more capable you are of being able to make like a clear decision. And this is also what's kind of tormenting about the world that we live in these days is a lot of the points of references that we're using to try to make sense of reality are very confusing. So it's kind of like, how do you make sense of all that? Well, yeah, that's where you've got to get honest with yourself. And just to be a quick point uh, on, on what you were saying before, everybody is where they are on their path. And that's totally fine. I mean, I know that sometimes I speak and people don't understand what I'm saying because they're not at a level where they necessarily want to understand what I'm saying or they don't have the references to understand what I'm saying. I know for me personally, if I'm speaking to someone that's not ready to hear like a high level concept, whatever that might be, that I can adjust myself to come much down lower to like what, it, and it's not even lower, like higher and lower is even like a weird metaphor that we picked up from Christianity. So it's not even about that. It's more about looking at it in terms of like, I will just adjust my communication to match somebody at the level of their understanding or the level of their interest, because we're all interested in different things at different levels. The question is like, you know, yet again, what makes you effective? What makes us effective in the world? Now, that's where self-honesty comes in, because I know that honesty is effective. That's why I say it's a weapon, because it helps you to be more effective. In my world, anything that makes you more effective in the chaos of life, anything that makes you more capable of being able to make sense of the world, makes you 
more of a like a, a, a prepared navigator, a more a more effective navigator. Now, in terms of like the you know the the gurus, like you know, I often get called a guru, and a lot of people even even you introduce me as a shaman. I'm not a shaman. I mean, technically, my name is Shay, and I'm a man, so you can call me the Shay man. But mm-hmm. but really, I'm not a shaman, right? A shaman because. I don't come from an original indigenous context where I was trained in those things. Yes, I've experienced lots of altered states of consciousness. I've explored lots of different things. And you could call me a shaman in the sense that I act as a mediator for people. I try to bring different worlds together for people. I am a communicator that's doing a lot of different work on a lot of different levels for the benefit of the community because I'm a very community orientated individual. But ultimately, I'm not a traditional shaman and it would be insulting mm-hmm. for me to call myself a shaman to some people it'd be the same as me saying i'm a rabbi or i'm a priest or i'm a you know i'm a i'm a guru it's like no i'm not i mean people steal those words and they use them for marketing uh or people steal those words and they use them as part of uh you know like uh, an identity game that people get caught up in and I guess that's something you need to realize. And it's not a, it's a tricky territory to realize. And I think we've had a little bit of a chat about this in the past. You've got to be careful because when you get close to any power, you're going to find a lot of sociopaths and psychopaths. And that includes the personal development world. It includes the pickup world. It includes the spiritual world. It includes, I mean, the conscious community. I mean, some of the sickest people I've met in my life are conscious individuals. Uh, and it's because... They, they, develop, um, they develop themselves to a degree, but then they fail to recognize that all they did was they created a better trap for themselves. They created a bigger, more sophisticated, more dangerous ego. And yet again, that's where the honesty comes in because the honesty helps to break that down and to keep coming back to yourself. This is also where tradition can be very powerful and very, very important. And uh, it's something that can really, can really ground you too. And you've got to be careful because tra- tra- tradition can fuck you up as well like in, in the sense of if you join a traditional religion that might give you a certain level of sanity community it might give you some kind of like baseline to be developing your your personality but at the same time it might become limiting it might be dogmatic it might be judgmental it might hold you in your place so then you have to make a decision of like is it really beneficial or is this actually holding you back but when i'm talking about tradition is that the tradition is not dogmatic. This is a huge thing and it's somewhat complicated to talk about, but like people are fucking lazy, okay? People are lazy as shit. They do not want to think. They do not want to take action. They do not want to do anything that causes them to actually get outside their comfort zone to do something that's uncomfortable to them. Now, the only thing that motivates people to start to change is a lot of pain or the promise of a lot of pleasure. So it's really about like how people can leverage themselves. Now, I know, speaking for myself, that one of the reasons why I became somebody that was such a strong seeker, like somebody who was out there seeking, trying to find my own way in the world a lot, is because I experienced a lot of pain. I didn't have a choice. It was either I sit in my pain and I just hate everything and I feel terrible about myself, or I look for a better way. I look for a bigger path. I look for more truth. I look for more honesty. I look for a better way to make sense of things. And because I was hungry to really find what that was, that led me on a path to just keep looking. So I'm, I don't know, but I I think I'm kind of unique in that sense because I'm, I'm somebody who's accumulated a lot of different references, a lot of different models, a lot of different ideas, a lot of different experiences. I've trained in many different systems, many different schools. I've had many different teachers over my lifetime and I will still continue to do that. You know, like I recently just started training with a Taoist master because I wanted to go back into some more traditional, powerful kinds of systems. Now I've done, 
I've done some training in Taoism in the past, but I haven't done this form. So I decided that I wanted to like go back because that's where I feel like I'm drawn back to, to do some work on those kinds of levels. So I'm waffling a little bit here, but my point is, is that it's really easy for people to deceive themselves. And there's lots and lots of systems out there that people like to um, talk about as the, let's say the truth or the way. And of course you see that a lot in religion, you see that a lot in politics, but of course you see that in science and you see that in sort of personal development as well. Now, well, I think it, yeah. There, there was a quote that you, um, that you mentioned when you were talking to Sasha um, at one point where you said, when we're coming from our individuated separated sense of ego, then we're coming usually from a position of weakness, separation, fear, and insecurity, which then prompts all these other behaviors like competition and egoism and narcissism, mm -hmm. projection and judgment. Mm -hmm. And what I see right now is, you know, I, I mean, I, I resonate with that because what I came to realize is that I had this um, aversion to competition. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, this like kind of interesting relationship with uh, validation. And I feel like these concepts are so um, misunderstood and not spoken about in the world today when they're more prevalent than every, than, than ever before, when everyone is constantly, you know, having the opportunity to get validated on social media. Okay. They're, you know, you can start a business like that. And all of a sudden you know, you've got your tribe, you've got your ego starting to blow up. All right. And it's, it didn't used to be this way. So I wonder if you can elaborate more on how do you, um, how do you rein in that ego? And uh, because when it becomes separated or individuated, then it starts to project all of these um, negative characteristics that end up creating separation between you and and others well yet again it's about being honest with yourself about what your real purpose is and it's also about humbling yourself like it's it's not easy to speak about this in simple terms because there's quite a lot of like like pretext or you know of of, of understanding that that you know i would like to set up first and it takes time to do that but i guess in simple terms imagine that you and everybody is like a temple and whatever you put in the center of that temple is what is true for you. So if I walk into the temple of myself and I put my ego there, then I'm going to worship myself. Now, most people worship themselves out of the box. Like it's like, it's a factory setting that they learn because that's just how it is. Most people don't learn that there's something bigger than themselves. And yet again, we live in a somewhat of a dangerous time in our culture because we don't give a shit about anything bigger than our egos. We live in a society mm -hmm. that, that worships ego, that tells us that worshiping our ego is the purpose of life. And especially for these younger generations, which I feel quite sorry for, you're born with a smartphone in your hands. And, yep. and, 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 and this world is just constantly fed back to you. And, and what people don't realize is that they're being heavily brainwashed and indoctrinated into a business model. These, there are very intelligent people and very intelligent complex systems that are put into place to, to basically farm people's consciousness. And it is like the matrix in a metaphor. It's like people's attention, the attention economy, you know, people's, people's choices are being yeah. farmed. 
This is the new economy that we live in. People don't want to talk about this because it's a little bit outside the box in terms of what most people are thinking about. Because yet again, most people think, especially older generations, I mean, I'm technically older generation, but you know, I'm talking about people in their 50s, 60s and who are you know, still in positions of quite a lot of power in our society. They still believe the world is like it was 20 years ago. Like, and obviously that's not the case. There's also a lot of like new generations of, of, of models that are coming through. And honestly, we don't know what this stuff is going to do to us. We have no idea. We're moving into unprecedented territory. We've basically cut the anchors of the past and we've let go of a lot of these traditions that I said that are really important. Now that's really dangerous. And I'm not here to say that the world's all going to end and everything's going to be terrible because I'm very hopeful about the future, but we don't know what the future is, you know, and we are, we are moving very rapidly into a lot of unknown territory. So it's actually very hard to have an answer. I don't have an answer for a lot of these questions. All I can say is that, is that, it's challenging to find yourself in this world these days. And for me personally, I know what helps me is I go back in time to find the, the, the let's say the, the, the bedrock, you know, I go back in, in history and I start looking at like, well, well, what really helped people in these times? Because something that I think that, that we're often very vulnerable to is arrogance. People get very caught up in the arrogance of like, oh, you know, we don't need to care about all those philosophers in the past that did all this heavy work for us. You know, we don't need to care about, you know, the fact that that there's all this other science or this other way of doing things that we've actually been doing for hundreds of years. We can just make it up. You know, we can just do it the way we want. And then what basically starts happening as I come back to my metaphor of the of the temple is is people start worshiping false idols. They start worshiping the false reality. And as they start worshiping the false reality, then everything becomes false as a result of that. Now, what do you do when you're in a world of people that are running around living in false realities? Like it's kind of, it's like, uh, you know, I'm sure I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, you know, you, you become, you become the crazy person because you're the most sane person in the world because everybody else is insane. So it's kind of like this, this weird thing that's happening in the world because people need to, you know, understand the truth, but they're not willing to actually take the time to really learn the truth. And one thing that I know, and this is really about the journey of self, and this is also a big subject, is through self-inquiry, through meditation, it's not the only way, but meditation is one way, through certain experiences, which can be psychedelic, and I'm not here to say go and do psychedelics because they can be very dangerous and they're not for everybody, but that can be a pathway to have self-revelation and self-awakening. And through just natural life experience, we can start to have an idea of what is bigger than ourselves. And then when we start to have transcendent experiences of self, once we start to break through and start to see that the world is not just my ego, it's not just the story of myself, that there's something bigger than me, then I can start to shift what was on the center of that temple from just being the idea of myself to being the idea of a larger reality. Now, once again, why does this matter? Like, why is anything I say important? It's because if you can learn to get out of your own way and stop worshiping the false illusion of what you are, then you may just start to experience yourself as what you really are, which is free, which is spontaneous, which is connected, which is magical, which is transformative. And why does this matter? Well, because that's where original ideas come from. That's where substance comes from. That's where charisma comes from. That's where real reality and real connection and real love and real meaning come from. Now, yet again, we live in a world that's very dangerous in some sense, because 
this space in our minds that we used to have because we had time and we had space to be able to think about things. We had the ability to be able to contemplate things and to be able to go deep into these subjects like who am I and what is the meaning of life and how do I make my life meaningful and you know how do I not fall into the traps of, of, of my forefathers, etc. We used to have time to do that. Now we don't have time. You know, every minute of our lives is filled. And I, and I know what it's like, man. I've got like literally right now, I'm looking at three screens and two smartphones. Like, and that's standard operation for me because I've got multiple messages. You know, I've got programs that I'm working on. I've got clients that I need to deal with. So, I mean, I'm, I'm literally playing in this multidimensional interface world of, of trying to keep up with the game of life because that's the way it's set up to, to be like that. But I also have to be aware, and this goes for everybody. It's like, you have to be aware of, when are you going to step out of that? And when do you do not that? So, you know, I like to go for long walks. You know, I try to pr practice like some solid meditation time. So I'm just being with myself so I can just practice being witness to what I actually am. And it's also about like, it's not just about being a vegetable or just being like, oh, you know, just sitting there on the couch. That's the answer to everything. It's not like that at all. It's about learning to hold this, this ideal inside myself of like, I am part of something larger than myself. And I mean, you can check out lots of stuff. I and mean, there's so many things out there that are worth checking out. But, you know, you look at the work of Integral, for example, like Ken Wilber's work, and he does an amazing job of really laying out some really good frameworks to make sense of a lot of this stuff that's very complex. And I know what it's like because I know it's easy to get lost in the world of models and ideas and other people's opinions. And if all you're looking at is YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, then there's a very high probability that your mind is getting fucking raped by all kinds of people that are just <laughs> wanting to extract value from you. Now I get it because I'm on all those platforms too. And I know how that game game works. So I'm not here to say that it's all bad because there's good people doing good things as well. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's really important to find good quality information and start to base yourself on something that's really good quality information. And this is where, it is good to be an elitist, not an elitist in the sense that you're better than everybody else, but be elite in the information that you seek. Be elite mm. in, the inf in, in, the, in, the, in the paradigms that you cultivate inside yourself because mm. it's, like, it's, like, it's like your smartphone. Do you want your smartphone to be filled with crappy apps that just like every five minutes, there's another crappy ad that's popping up and you can't even get the function out of the applications because it's just like, buy this, do this thing, push the button, you know, like, or do you, you want a system that does what you wanted to do, that has powerful applications that focus what you focus the tool to be able to do what you need to do. And maybe that's a good metaphor to recognize as well. It's like you are the tool, like your consciousness, your mind, your nervous system is the tool. You have the tools. You've got to learn how to use them. And this is the same story as, as, as forever. I mean, you know, way back in the day, the tools was rocks and sticks, you know, we had to make the sense of the world with rocks and sticks. Now we've got way, way, way more infinite tools than that now. So we've stepped far beyond that level of tool, tool uh, limitation. But, you know, thinking of the world as a set of tools, thinking of the world as an opportunity to really create and to explore reality is, is that's what really sets you apart from the people who are not asking those questions. And you know, maybe, maybe what I'm saying makes no sense to people. I have no idea, but all, all I'm trying to share with people is that like you have more power and more potential and more tools at your fingertips than ever before. And it's your choice, what you're going to do with it. And it's hard because there are very powerful systems and very powerful people that are invested in keeping you away from those tools because they don't want you to create reality. 
like McDonald's wants wants reality to be McDonald's. You know, Coca-Cola wants reality to be Coca-Cola. And of course, you know, the Republicans want the world to be Republicans. The Democrats want the world to be Democrats. Everybody's got their game that they're playing. And it's like a territory war. It's a gang war for who's got the strongest ideas and who's going to take over as many minds as possible. This is why, and I use the metaphor of like, be a ninja, like learn to be somebody that's powerful in your own shoes, learn to be invisible, learn to be powerful, learn to think on your own feet, you know, learn to make decisions that are going to be powerful for you. And if you look at the work that I do with natural lifestyles, for example, or with my own work with the liberated man, everything that I'm trying to do to people is give them an opportunity to step into their power. It's really just mm-hmm. about stop lying to yourself and stop believing the lies that other people have been putting into you and start stepping into the power. Now, I think I'm kind of waffling a little bit, but what that means in practical terms is I say to people, learn to become a connector, learn to become somebody that is connecting to what matters, connecting to people from a place of meaningful substance, because this is a huge thing too. And it's a really good subject that I'm sure a lot of guys will relate to one of, if not the most powerful thing that stops men from believing in themselves one of if not the most powerful thing that 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 limits men i've actually i I actually have some i actually have some questions i'm sorry to cut you off i just saw that a bunch of people asked some really good questions um and i wanted to bring that up sorry that that it echoed there for a second but that's cool we had um i want to finish my point because i didn't really get to the point Finish your and, uh, point, and, and, and then we're going to do a little Ask Shay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like that. I'll be happy to do the Q&A. Hang on, let me just shut this curtain because I'm getting, I'm getting the sun blaring in my face. So um, what I was trying to say, and this is to the, to the key point here, you know, it isn't interesting. And when we get to the key point, we get interference, which is often the way. The, 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 um, the key thing that messes guys up, that stops them from doing the things that they really want to do is they do not believe in themselves. They have low self-worth. So that's the real question. And if you were really to look at like, what do I do? I give men permission to have self-worth. I give them tools to have self-worth. I give them pathways to have self-worth. I give them models to help self have self-worth. I give them language to have self-worth because this is the substance of what it is. Like we are programmable beings. We live on language. We live on symbols. We live on narratives. We live on structures and metaphors and maps and models. So if we don't put our own in there, if we don't build our own powerful self-worth models, our own powerful self-worth language, our own powerful self-worth like rituals, which could be like, I just wake up every day and I believe in myself. I talk to myself in my head and I say, fuck yeah, I believe in myself. I've got energy. I'm going to do this. It's going to be all right. What am I going to do? I don't know, but I got this. It's going to be cool. Like that's the kind of stuff that helps guys to to not be victims and to not be like stuck in their in their limited boxes of reality. Now, yeah. I guess the, the point to that all, the whole rant is that like low self-worth is the killer. Now, one of the biggest medicines to self-worth is learning to let go of the false ideas and the false identities and the false egos that you hold onto that keep you believing that you have low self-worth. Now, you know, I get passionate about this subject because I believe in it a lot. And I know, look, this is a war, boys. This is a war for our consciousness. This is a war for our reality. And our biggest enemy is our own false self. Our biggest enemy is our false illusion of who we think we are. So we've got to learn how to get honest. We've got to learn how to get strong. We've got to learn how to speak to ourselves with respect and speak to each other with respect. We've got to learn how to treat women 
with respect. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to bow down and be a white knight either, but it means you've got to understand the truth of what's going on and learn to meet people as people because otherwise, you know, you're not even in the game. The way in which you paint this picture is really that of an architect because you're able to tie all these points together and see how when you truly remove the lens, everything is very connected. And mm -hmm. this information overload is what is disconnecting you from the reality. Okay. Now, well, false, with that false being self, said, false self overload. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. With that being said, um, Diogo asked a question or made a point that there is no reality. It's a dream but you can help to redream it for the greater good of all. Otherwise, it's all about self-image bullshit and not love. Your duty is to dive as deep as possible towards the Godhead and redream this world. Sounds good to me, man. Just make sure you don't get a God complex when, you, when you're doing that. And, that. and that really ties back into the point that we were making earlier about how do you not become narcissistic start projecting start judging others start you know having yep. these you know egotistical or competitive behaviors because you are um projecting this this reality onto onto others that that you know better than them that you figured it all out that you know sure. the truth absolutely well maybe it's about balance maybe something that comes to mind which is a powerful model is like in one reality i am god in another reality, I am not God. I am subject to God. God is all around me. In another reality, I am God and God is all around me. So in some sense, I am God and you are subject to my Godhood. In some sense, you are God and I am subject to your Godhood. And in another reality, we're both in God and we're subject to the greater Godhood. And that's the truth. And I need to keep that in balance. And we all need to keep that in balance. And I think it's dangerous to say things like there is no reality because there is a reality. You know, you've got to eat food. You've got to take a shit. You've got to go to sleep. You've got to take care of your body. That's reality. I mean, if you don't believe that that's reality, then I'll punch you in the face and see how much reality you believe that there's not. So that's the thing. It's like you can't, you can't get lost in the delusions of reality and not reality. But reality is very dreamlike. And we do, if we can pick up the tools, start to become more of, let's say, the dreamer in the dream, helping the dream to a degree. But I would say that one of the ways that we, we really, it's a paradox, one of the ways that we really learn that reality is not as it seems is we need to actually ground ourselves in reality first. And this is one of the biggest revelations that you get when you actually start to have awakening is that reality is really simple. It's really happening right now. You're in it right now. And if we're really honest with ourselves, it's like, where's reality? I think it's crazy, Shay. We've gotten up until this point to drop the word. I don't think you've said it so far. Presence. And I know yes. it's one that you're sure. so passionate about because you've taught, you've done full podcasts just about how your state of freedom and enlightenment can be found through presence yes how do you Absolutely. find how do you find that state of enlightenment through presence well a simple thing that you can do is you can learn to feed your senses with reality and i guess something to also consider is that like that 
that we are as a society suffering from disconnection syndrome and we're suffering from uh, imagination deficit disorder. So we need imagination and we need connection to the senses. Now, if we pay attention, then there is never a moment that passes that we don't have sensory input that we can draw from. The problem that happens, and this is what's dangerous about the hyper realities that we live in, is we start to live in this illusion that I don't like this moment because you know I wanna watch Game of Thrones, or I don't like this moment because I wanna eat some sugar, or I wanna do the next thing, or I wanna fuck the next chick, or I wanna climb the next mountain or whatever it is. So the point is, is that we get dissatisfied because we don't pay attention to the intrinsic satisfaction that's available to us right now. And it's a paradox because the more that we become uh, um, connected to the satisfaction that's intrinsic to the moment, and that's available through our breath, it's available through our senses, it's available. Like if we're really honest with ourselves, like what more could we ask for? Like we're in a full immersive sensory experience with multidimensional sensory capacity. We can, we can experience our senses with all of the, you know, I can see, I can hear, I can feel, I can smell, I can taste. I also have a secondary order of reality where I can have a higher narrative. I can make sense of what's going on because I can speak in my mind. I can, I can conceptualize. I have a mental modeling framework. I have an imagination. I can be creative. I have emotions. I can experience all kinds of emotions. And if you start looking at reality like that, it's like, I don't give a shit if I'm depressed. You know why? Because being depressed is fucking fun. It's awesome in some weird way. It's all part of this amazing video game of reality. If I can keep on that higher level of recognizing what a blessing, what an amazing experience. And what starts to happen then is I automatically start transforming the whole context of, of what I'm experiencing, which brings up a really important key point. I'll give away a massive key. Uh, is Change is only one pattern. Now, I know thousands of ways to change an individual, but I'll tell you what, every single one of those patterns comes back to one pattern. And that pattern is basically this. You're having a reality that's taking place. Inside of this reality that's taking place, there is something that is not okay, something that is dissatisfying. Now, whatever that is, might be a feeling, you know, oh, I just broke up with my girlfriend, or I have these terrible feelings, or I don't believe in myself, or whatever it is. Now, if, I, if that's all I know, if all I know is that reality is not what I wish it to be, reality is, is, is you know, upsetting because I'm missing something that I should have, you know, reality is not giving me what I want because it's not okay, then that's my first step is I need to recognize, I believe, <coughs> excuse me, I believe the reality, <coughs> I'm going to have to get a water, one second. Pause, one sec. Guys, I hope you are enjoying this awesome interview with Shay right now. And if you've listened to it from the beginning until this point, you start to see the map in which he creates of consciousness and of interconnectedness and of groundedness. And it, it becomes this reality where you actually are like playing in a video game in your own little, in your own little matrix, in your own little world. And so even when you're going through shit, as he just said, like depression or anxiety or fear, or maybe there's death that takes place. It's like you're playing and it's like, all right, well, what's the next move? Like, am I going to sulk and sit in this, you know, fear-based state in this low vibration based state? Because now I have a choice, you know, I have, I have certain choices that I can make. I can choose to stay here. I can choose to move. I can choose to stay here. I can choose to change. So 
Yeah. I'll let you continue your point now. Thank you, brother. Sorry, I choked up there. It's I got a little bit of something in the back of my throat. So let's get back to the point of the, 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 the change pattern that is the master of all change patterns. Now, basically, the, what I'm trying to say is you're having an experience. So the first thing you need to recognize is you're having an experience. And if you're having a something goes and hits me or something something becomes like a, a an interference or a troubling experience now what am i going to do this is a choice point now what i'm going to do is i'm going to start to become aware that that's what's happening now the next thing is i need to go into a higher state or a different state or an alternative state or a resource state probably resourceful is the way to look at it so i need to separate myself from my experience for a second and look down on it from a more resourceful bigger kind of more let's say um, you know, capable position. And then I need to ask myself, what's really going on here? You know, what do, what am I missing? That's not, that's, that's not, uh, present. So for example, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Okay. Well, that sucks because, you know, I really liked her and whatever, and, you know, or I messed up or she messed up or she was a bitch or I was a dick or whatever happened. So now I need to go into a position where I can see a different perspective and maybe that's recognizing, well, there are certain things that I did or that she did, or that was happening in that environment that were not okay. And then I need to apply some higher level wisdom, some higher level understanding, some higher level strategy. And maybe that's believing, well, in the world of human beings, then it takes time to have relationships. And also over a lifetime, I'm going to have like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, whatever relationships. And I'm going to start to like bring all of those things into my life, right? So these things are going to start to be applied back into the moment. Now, as I'm moving through time and I hit these blocks, I go into resourcefulness. I apply the resources back to the moment. I start to re-anchor, re-pattern, reorganize my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. Then what starts to happen is what was a block becomes an opportunity to become resourceful and apply that to the to the situation and then in time what will start to happen is i will become more powerful as a result of that block so that was not a block that was actually an opportunity that was waiting to teach me something so that i could grow stronger now absolutely what what if we started to look at life like that what if we started to believe that that was possible and not only believe it we started to act like that was possible what would start to happen is we would become excited about life experience, no matter what it was, we would start to become stronger in the circumstances. And I know, cause man, I don't know you that well, man, but I know that, I know that you're a dude who has gone on his own path and that you have suffered as a result of that. But I also know that that suffering has yielded wisdom and strength and creativity and character. So, you know, if you were to go back in time and you were to ask your younger self, you know, you know, was that a pleasant experience? You'd probably say, no, it wasn't a pleasant experience. But if you were to also look at it from where you are now, was that a worthy experience? You'd be like, fuck yeah, it was a worthy experience because that shit was exactly what I needed to become the man that I am now today. That's where, which is, that's which where is like more gra grat gratitude can come in and you can be like, thank you, God, that all those things happened to me. Because if they hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here today with all of the experience and wisdom and all of the opportunities that are now presenting themselves because I had to go through that pain. I had to go through that, that suffering, that destruction, that chaos in my life for a whole new paradigm to be created of my you know, existence. Absolutely. And just to quickly hit on that, that's exactly what we just talked about. You know, you're going along, you have, you have some bad reference experiences, 
you go up into your higher position of resourcefulness, you decide to look deeply into those experiences to become grateful, to see the lessons, to, to realize, okay, there's a lot of value here I wasn't even seeing, then you apply that. So I know a lot of people talk about gratitude. A lot of people talk about it and it probably gets played out and people are like, yeah, gratitude, that's boring. You know, where's the cool shit? Teach me the cool shit. Well, that is the cool shit. Like if you can, I mean, there is entire spiritual systems just based on gratitude. Now, the reason why that's so powerful is because when you go into gratitude for your life experience, then you're giving something back to yourself and you're giving something back to the world. And then as you do that, it's also, a, it's, it's, it's sort of like a, 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 it's a process of surrender. You know what I mean? When you are surrendering to your experience, you are surrendering to the circumstance, you are surrendering to like a larger lesson that's taking place, then you're starting to compound all this positive stuff back onto your experience which makes you stronger so as you keep moving forward in time you what you're literally doing on a biophysical level is you're changing your brain chemistry you're repatterning your nervous system so this is the other thing too is like a lot of people think oh this is all woo woo bullshit it's all just ideas it's like no this is like physiologically repatterning your cellular makeup of your body it's changing your neurochemistry and why do we do that well it's the same reason why people take antidepressants or why people get high it's because you want to change the way that you feel now what i'm trying to show you here or at least introduce you to is a basic concept of inner game is that it's all about your subjective position and how you can double down on creating more and more resourceful feelings more and more resourceful abilities inside of your own reality so ultimately what's going to happen as a result of that is you feel better in as many different contexts of your life as possible and what's the ultimate outcome well the ultimate outcome is it just feels good to be alive. It feels good to be you. And even on those shitty days when something bad's happening, you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it's hard and it's not perfect. And I'm still suffering because my ego is not getting what, I, what it wants, but I'm not just my ego. I am not just my idea of myself. I'm also this larger being of experience. I'm also something that is becoming something. So that comes back quickly. I know I'm sort of, sort of saying a lot of things, but presence is a doorway. It's a doorway to the now. The now is the moment of power. There is no other moment other than now. The past doesn't exist. It's a fabrication. The future doesn't exist. It's a projection. Now we can use the past as a reference and we can learn from it. We can project into the future and we can use that to help us to construct. But ultimately now is the moment that you have. There is no other now that has the power. Now what's something that's really interesting because you asked a really key question before is like, you know, how does presence bring us into enlightenment? Well, it's a switch. I can be present. And when I'm truly present with myself, I am available to everything. I am, I am on, I am awake, I am here, I am present. Or I can be unconscious of my presence. And if I'm unconscious of my present moment, then I'm off and everything's impossible. I can't do anything. It's all just a, it's all just a thing that's happening and I can't do anything about it. So I want you guys to realize and I'm giving you like a super powerful key right here. If you just make the decision to be present and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and again and again and again and again and you keep doing it, you keep making the choice to be present, which is ultimately, you know, the most powerful choice point that you can do. I choose to be present in my life. I choose to be awake. I choose to be somebody that is activating creative power inside of myself. I choose to be somebody that is bringing substance to this moment. How? Just by doing it. I don't talk about it. I don't think about it. I don't have to go off somewhere else and then I don't have to create a plan. I just do it. And now what does that mean? It means that I'm starting to show up more and more as the stronger version of myself, more and more fulfilled in who I am. Now, 
you know, there's nothing that can compare to that. You know, and I can tell you, I've looked at dozens and dozens and dozens of systems. I've been through many, many different rituals and initiations and all kinds of stuff. And it's all cool shit. It's all amazing. I've learned so many things and I value, I value all these paths and all these lessons that I've gained along the way. But there is nothing that's as powerful as being present with yourself first and foremost. And ultimately, this is the biggest gift that you can give yourself is bring yourself back to yourself recognize that you're kind of like mario in this weird game where you've got to jump around grabbing gold coins now those gold coins are moments how many moments can you collect how many moments can you bring inside yourself and if you want to ground that into a practice because yet again i know and i get it because i'm a practical guy too a lot of guys like yeah but what's practical about that how do you be practical well i'll tell you what breathe into your stomach Breathe into the lower belly, start to find your center, your hara, your dantian, the core part of you that's deep in your belly and start to feel like you're allowed to put your sense of self deep inside you, right? Feel your whole body from that place. So even if you do that for a few moments, you just take some slow, deep breaths, like. And even now I feel like I need to do some because I'll be talking a lot. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So all my ideas are out here. So let's bring it down. Let's share some presence. It's cool. We can be here together. We don't have to say anything really. Like, and you know what? Like it would probably be a pretty boring podcast, but I know that if we really wanted to, we could just drop into being present with each other. And there's something in that. And maybe that's the richest thing of all. And especially because a lot of guys, I'm not sure about your audience in particular, but a lot of guys want to get more charismatic. A lot of guys want to have more influence over women. They want to feel like they're more powerful socially. Well, guess what? If you want to be more socially powerful, if you want to be more charismatic, then get into your body, find your fucking core, find who you are, start to get strong in who you are. Do Dantian breathing, learn to sink into the body, learn to trust that you have a center and learn to bring presence to yourself, presence in the body, presence in the moment. And, and every breath, it's a gold coin. Every breath is like, ba-ding, 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 ba-ding. And of course, as you keep doing that, you're going to start to get more powerful. Oh, trust me, you guys will get stronger. You will get more powerful and test it. Do 15 minutes of belly breathing and then go out in the street and start to talk to some girls and see what's different. And I bet you it's very different to being stuck in your head of like, oh, I've got to do this thing. I've got to stop this girl. I've got to do this thing. Now I use that reference of cold approaching because that's such a, such a common thing that guys are interested in. So, you know, I hope that's useful, but we can move on to another question if you want, because I know you've probably got a few. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all really good stuff. And we'll say what's up to some of the guys. Hey, Vidandra, um, Pierre, Pierre actually dropped on. I don't know if you know Pierre. He was um, wondering whether you wanted to talk a little bit about the dragon stuff or whether you wanted to keep that a secret. Oh, the secrets, all the secrets. Uh, look, I have lots of stuff that I do. And once again, if you want to become powerful, then getting into your body is a massive key. Now, something that I did many years ago was I developed a system called dragon yoga, which was really, it, it's a, it's a system that, that, that was developed with a friend of mine, actually. So I shouldn't say that I developed it because it was me and another collaborator. And we worked together on a, on a whole big system of, of basically what does it mean to learn to understand your male archetypes in a healthy kind of way. And, uh, what we came up with was a system of physical exercises in conjunction with a bunch of theoretical things. And that's what I developed into what I call the way of the black dragon. And it's more of a funny name than anything. I don't take it too seriously, but the metaphor of the dragon is we are in the belly of the dragon. Like the dragon has already eaten us, you know, and we're already fucked. So you better work out how 
to become the dragon because that's the only way out. You've got to learn to digest yourself into the bigger thing that's actually happening because life is already killing you. You're already dead. So you better wake up. And that's kind of the idea of learning how to get into your body. So for example, I teach a system, which I can, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys are interested, but if you guys are interested, I can share. And it's a secret link because I'm not publicly posting this stuff yet because it's all in pre-launch, but I do have a system of physical exercises that you can go through, which will make you stronger physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually for exactly this purpose. And it's like, I just gave away one very simple exercise, which is, you know, uh, breathing into the Dantian. Now that's a fundamental thing. You know, you could do that all the, all the time. You can do that when you're sitting in the car, you can do that when you're waiting in a line, you can do that while you're walking down the street, you can do that when you're sitting, standing, sleeping, lying. So you can do it all the time. I, I do a whole series of other things that are really about how do you develop the power, for example, of the warrior. So we hold space. So we like, you hold energy, you hold space and you take up space. Because one of the things that guys did, one of the things that guys are often faced with is that they're afraid. They're afraid to be an alpha monkey. They're afraid to stand up and say like, if you can't take up space, then how are you going to get people to notice you? And if that's what you want, if you want women to respect you, and this gets a bit primal, but women respect men that are powerful, that are potent, that take up space, that have energy, that have, that have will. And especially like high quality women, they want to feel like they're with a high quality man. They want to feel like they're with a man who's potent. They want to feel like they're with a man that's strong. They want to feel like they're with a man that if push comes to shove, he's going to take care of them. He's going to make sure that everything's okay. So if you're somebody who's been small your whole life, if you've been beaten up or you've been told to shut up or you've been told to be invisible your whole life, it's, it's quite a, a journey to learn to take up space. So I'm just giving this as a metaphor, as an example. So in my dragon training, that's like the first exercise that you learn. And there's a whole series of other exercises that you learn as well. But that's the first exercise, how to take up space, how to hold your boundaries, how to be strong, how to be powerful, how to build like resilience against the world. Because that's the first step. Like you have to become a warrior uh, if you want to stop being a little boy. And, and that's one of the first things that you learn. And then we go deeper down the rabbit hole. We get into the lover work. We get into the king. We get into the magician. So there's examples of all of that in the, in the dragon work. Um, but usually, honestly, it's, it's a lot to talk about because there's a lot yeah. of details. Maybe, but, maybe you can come back another time and we can do a mastermind or a podcast on archetypes. We've got mm -hmm. one more question and then we're going to finish up in a few minutes from Dino. Dino is in Germany right now. Yo, Dino said is it not that also after developing some levels of self-worth it is also a part of our ego don't we limit the word ego with putting it only in a negative context the smaller yeah. self i love it yeah absolutely and if you pay attention i never said kill your ego i never said deny your ego i never said you know um uh, pretend that you don't have an ego absolutely and, and I love it, Dino, you're on the point. Absolutely. Healthy ego, or do we have an unhealthy ego? Now, now it's a metaphor, but if your ego is full of demons, if it's full of things that want things and that's uncontrolled, and it's just like, you know, oh, I want this and fuck, I want, don't want that. And, uh, and it's just getting pushed and pulled all the time by all the different dynamics of its unconsciousness, then you've got a problem. So the aim of the game is to learn to have a healthy ego. And this is the whole point with the archetypes. And yet again, I mean, it, it takes a lot of context to kind of put this into a frame, but the aim of the game is to have a healthy self. Now, what does it mean to have a healthy self? Well, imagine that temple yet again. 
It's like you've got a central core in the center, which is the central, the central reality, the central altar. It's the holy of the holiest of holies. And in that central core, that's where you put your true self. Now, your true self is your executive ego. It's the highest ego. It's the truest ego. Now, the thing is, you need also to build a series of sub-egos. So that's why you have the warrior, the lover, the king, the magician, because these sub-egos are helping you. And, and yet again, they're metaphors because the warrior represents like goals, focus, discipline, you know, fire, energy, power, you know, and the lover represents things like, like connection, beauty, softness, creativity, um, feeling, uh, it's water, you know, it's calming, it's cooling. And of course, it's good to have both of those. Because if I was nothing right, right now, I'm a bit warrior because I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm getting fired up and I'm getting passionate about stuff. But if I was being more lover, I would be more soft and I'd be more calm and I'd be like more like just feelings and I'd be like more present and I would be like more in that kind of place of, of being more of a feeling orientated rather than like a, a will orientated individual. And then the king's all about, you know, the ground, like my kingdom, my purpose, my focus of like, what am I really trying to build? And how am I being a larger thing than myself? Whether that means I'm the center of my family or I'm the, I create a business or I'm going to build a community or I'm going to build a project. The king is all about like bringing life to the world and bringing like grounding into the, the, the structure. It's also the organizing principle. It brings order. It brings organization. It brings, it brings like structure, which is also something that we often miss as men, especially young men. It's like, you, it takes time to become structured. It takes time to become powerful in your structure. And then finally, you've got the magician. So the magician's all about building mental constructs, building pathways, building paradigms, understanding how to change the structure of the architecture of your actual being, how to shift the way in which you see, hear, feel, and understand the world. So there's a lot of things in that. Now, the point that I say that is because when you bring all those archetypes together into a package and you put the central true self in the middle of that, then you end up with this very, very powerful technology. It's literally a technology. Like I've got a technology of self and I can be a warrior. I can be a lover. I can be a king. I can be a magician. I can be all of those things in different times in different places because, you know, just being a warrior, which is something that, you know, people think is the answer to everything. I might miss out on a lot of things, you know, and I know, like, I know some of my best friends are extremely powerful warrior characters and they have difficulty in relationships or they don't know how to calm down. They don't know how to make themselves still. They don't know how to be at peace because they're constantly, constantly like focusing on like, what's the next goal? What's the next thing? What's the next thing I've got to conquer? Like, how do I get the next bit? So have that balance and you have a model and a map and I'm just giving you one model. I'm not saying my model or my map is the ultimate model or the ultimate map. There's many ways you can do this, but you need, you need to build some kind of structure, some kind of ability for you to have a healthy ego. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> Shay, it's been fun. I'm going to leave you, us Dave. off with um, one more question and then we're Please. just going to, we're going to end off. So when you start to see um, success in life and success is obviously subjective, I don't know if that's going to draw a, another tangent or not. Um, mm -hmm. How do you, how do you calibrate that, that success to being, you know, as you were just talking about, you've got guys who are getting more into their, um, 
they're warrior and they're seeing a lot of success in business okay or more into their lover mm -hmm. and they're seeing a lot of success in their relationship life okay how do you calibrate it so that you are um completely aligned with your true self okay well that's a good question and and you are right i mean first things first you have to even define what is the meaning of success and that that's a moving target because you know success is not an end state it's a process and you know like success when i was eight years old was having a nintendo you know what i mean so it sort of depends on who you are and where you're at in your, in your game of life and of course success when i'm 20 might be chasing lots of girls and 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 being rich you know and now success when i'm 40 is different because it's about building a community and doing something meaningful for the world around me so it changes at different stages so i'm much more of a king now than i was when i was in my 20s when i was in my 20s i was much more of a lover and a and a, and a warrior so it kind of depends on where you're at and how you're framing it now but you did ask a great question too, is like, like you need to also recognize that, that the, the building the effective function of your ego, building the effective self of, of the king, the warrior, the magician and the lover is not the true self. You need to recognize that the true self is actually something that's separate. It's the being. Now, how do you know what your true self is? Well, a simple exercise, I'll give you guys a simple exercise that you can do is you can take a moment you can go inside, you can close your eyes, you can take a few breaths and you can start to ask yourself, when did I feel most myself? When was I truly myself in my life? And if we just do that for a moment, so close your eyes, take a few breaths and just ask your subconscious mind, subconscious mind, please show me a time when I was most myself, when I felt good to be alive, when I felt free, when I felt strong, when I felt like I was in a moment that I didn't need anything else because that moment was enough. And maybe it's a moment, like, for example, I have one that comes to mind quite commonly when I ask this question to myself is I remember playing in the garden when I was about five years old, because it was awesome. I could remember that I could remember the fresh smell of the plants and the sun. And, and it's like, I didn't need anything in that moment. I was completely there. Or maybe it's another time. Maybe you're standing on top of a mountain and you're, and you just climbed the mountain after a bushwalk and you just feel like, wow, I did it. I'm here. Here we are. Or maybe it's a moment when you're looking in the eyes of a lover and you're like, I fucking love this girl. Or maybe it's a moment when you're just patting a dog and you're like, this is a, this is a true self moment. Yeah. For so the me, point for, for mm -hmm, me, it was like yeah. going to that place of true and utter adventure, whether that's adventure in nature, you know, going on some crazy hike, climbing up a mountain, or when I was traveling around the world, in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Japan, and America. And I'm on this crazy epic journey, this crazy adventure where I don't know what's going to happen next. And there's just like all these question marks. And it's kind of like a survival mentality. It's just so much fun and making money and meeting women, having all these amazing opportunities and experiences. And I just felt so aligned with myself. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to prove anything to anyone. I was just completely whole in that moment. Beautiful, man. And once again, I'd say that that's, that sounds really good, but I would go even deeper than that. So for example, like let's, let's just try a simple example because it would be a good example for the rest of your audience. Like close your eyes again, take a breath and ask your subconscious mind to show you one moment, just one memory of all those powerful times you had and all those places and all those spaces, but just one moment. And it could be, you know, it could be two minutes long. It could be half an hour. It could be two hours, whatever it is, but it's just a time when you felt like you were, really 
yourself and you are experiencing truth, you're experiencing harmony, you're experiencing like what you would call a 10 out of 10 experience, an experience that you didn't want to add, subtract or modify because it was awesome. And just let me know when you got something. So one of those moments was when I got down to Queenstown, New Zealand, mm -hmm. and I'm just looking out over the lake, over the water, and going up these hikes and, and seeing the, the peaks and the valleys and, and just thinking like, all right, like I'm content. I could die right now. Everything is perfect. You know, like my life is awesome. I never thought I would get to this place. And here I am in this present I love it. moment. I love it. Now try this through simple exercise, close your eyes and imagine going back into that time and place. So you're there like that right now, and then put your hand on your heart and start breathing into your heart. I just feel like, once again, see what you see, feel what you feel, imagine what you felt. And if the guys are watching a part of this too, just take a moment to just tune into yourself and just really ask, what's a time that I really felt myself and just feel what it was like to be there, seeing what you saw, hearing what you heard, feeling what you felt as best as you can. And you'll know when you get it because it feels good. You'll know when you get it because you are really here. And I want you to also pay attention to something is that it doesn't depend on anything. It's not something that you have to work hard to do. It just is. And now what I want you to do, Dave, is I want you to imagine that that, that that vision, that those memories, they can just fade away, but you can keep this feeling. And as you keep the feeling, I want you to keep to telling yourself, I want you to say to yourself, this is the way that I wish to feel more and more in my life in many different contexts. This is the way that I would like to live my life in more and more creative and amazing ways. This is what I would like to find more of in my life. And just start to affirm that to yourself. And what you're beginning to do right now is you're beginning to come home to what you would call the true self by creating it, by giving it a home, by calling it into yourself. And what you're doing right now is you are allowing yourself, and this goes for everybody listening that's doing the exercise, you are allowing yourself to be yourself truly. And that's a beautiful thing. And guess what? Moments come and go, experiences come and go, opportunities come and go. But this feeling of being connected to your true self, this goal of knowing yourself as a 10 out of 10 human being, you know, a man of substance, a man of power, a man of integrity, a man of, of truth, living in his truth, can be something that knows itself more and more within you, within your heart. Because the other thing is, and there's a lot of levels to this, but this thing that you're putting your hand over right now is a multidimensional portal. It's your heart. It's your creative center. It's the power that connects you to something that is much greater than, than your ego. It is that which is inside you, which is your spirit, your will to live, your power to be. And I want you to just give blessings and love and gratitude to that from that place. As if everything is allowed to shine with 10 out of 10 greatness. Everything is allowed to be brought into more and more brightness, clarity, power. And as you do that, you're just suggesting to yourself, you're willing to yourself, it's okay to be me. I'm allowed to feel more and more like this. And because I'm, you know, I, I want to do a little bit of therapy because I love doing therapy on people when we have opportunities like this. I want you to start to think and feel and give yourself an imaginary opportunity to move into this day, the rest of today, like this more and more and more. So just take a little adventure in your mind and see how good it's going to be to live from this place for the rest of today and maybe even the rest of the week. Imagine how good it's going to be to look back at the end of the week and know that here you are in your true self more and more and more. And you will remember this and you will practice this. And this will become more and more of the standard operating procedure. And I want you to realize that this is just level one. You don't even know how powerful this is going to be by the end of the week. You'll be, you'll be at level 10. And there's this is an infinite scale because we're dealing with infinity here.
But the beautiful thing about touching infinity is as soon as you touch it, you are infinitely blessed by it. So I want you to just enjoy that, feel that, allow that to become something that's a part of you. And just realize that this is the first step of many, many beautiful steps of knowing yourself as your true self more and more and more in every way. And when you're ready and you feel good, you can come back, open your eyes. Shay. And here we are. <laughs> How can they find you? How can they reach out? What's going on right now in your, in your world? And, and, you know, what's the evolution of Shay Matthews in his business in the next year? Thank you, brother. Well, I am, as you know, because we've had talks about this, I'm working very hard on a lot of really cool stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, the simplest way to get in contact with me is you can get onto shaymatthews.com, same as my name, S-H-A-E, and then Matthews with a double T, S-H-A-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S.com. Um, you can, if you wish to, book sessions there. So there's a booking button in the top right-hand corner. So you can always book a time if you want to do a one-hour session or a four-and-a-half-hour session, because I believe in doing deep dives and deep transformational work with people. So that's one way to do stuff with me. I've also got a series of things that are going to be coming out very soon. So you can, uh, you can, and I think we should maybe add a link and I think I'm already on your group anyway. Anybody wants to PM me on Facebook, that's also fine. Just let me know that you're interested in getting to know what I'm up to. I've got a Telegram group, which is free to enter if people want to join that group and be part of the community. Uh, and I've got a whole chain of great events uh, and, and products that are coming down the pipeline, including I'll be having a healing circle this, uh, this Sunday which is really simple format. It's just going to be guys coming together to work on some stuff. And we'll do stuff like that exercise we just did at the end. It's going to be much less talking, much more transformation. Um, so that's some good things. And of course, you should probably know me from as well. I am the head in the game coach for The Natural Lifestyles. So you can go and check out me on uh, you know, thenaturallifestyles.com. And, and yeah, check out my YouTube. You can just type in my name, Shay Matthews on YouTube. There's a ton of stuff out there. Uh, and yeah, just let me know if you need anything. Cause I'm, I'm here at your service. Shay, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We welcome you in this community. Um, guys definitely reach out to Shay. If you connected, he's got a lot of powerful teachings that he can impart in your life. So thank you. Thank you so much. And, and we'll do this again sometime soon. Thank you, Dave. And thank you brothers out there. Many blessings to you all. May all your dreams come true. And uh, yeah, I do my best to back you up in any way that I can if you need me. Okay, so blessings to everybody. All right, guys, you know the deal. Like, comment, share it with a friend, and we'll talk soon. Peace. Yeah. Yeah.